Boston Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy said it's not one of 82 when it's Montreal, and it certainly had the feel of a rivalry game last night at TD Garden as the Boston Bruins defeated the Canadians by a score of 5-2. to Going to talk about that here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins and a whole bunch more, so let's get into it. Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and happy Monday. This is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for November 15th. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to start by thanking you for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. The podcast is also available in video form on YouTube. So please do subscribe on your podcast app, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Pocket Casts is what I use on my Android phone. And also hit subscribe on the YouTube channel uh, for some bonus content as well, posting some short videos after games on the weekends. Uh, But the podcast every day, Monday to Friday, in your podcast feeds as well. So thank you again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about last night's game against the Montreal Canadiens. Also uh, touch on another ridiculous gap in the schedule and what that means for the Bruins later on the season and then take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, Before we get to that a quick reminder that you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedNHLBruins. Same handle on Instagram uh, and you can at me there whenever you want. You can also find the podcast uh, or sorry you can also find me at ENC McLaren on both Twitter and Instagram. Excuse me as I just adjust the lighting here momentarily. So yeah, let's get into uh, last night's game against the Montreal Canadiens. Coming into this one, uh, Bruce Cassidy made the decision to give Jeremy Swayman the start in back-to-back nights. Now, they did play Saturday afternoon against the Devils. That was a win. Uh, And then coming into Sunday's game, it was expected that Linus Allmark would get the start. Uh, It's been an even 6-6 rotation through the first 12 games of the season. Uh, But head coach Bruce Cassidy said he had a gut feeling about going with Swayman after uh, the win last night against the Canadians. He said, the one part of having a two-headed monster in net is now you're trying to get two goalies going. With the amount of games they've had, very few uh, so far, it's been a tough challenge for both of them to get into their rhythm. And the other night, I said, maybe we'll get one going, then work on the other one and get him going. It just happened to be Swayman who got going first. Uh, Now, Swayman, the feeling was he gave them a better chance at getting the two points. Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic outlined four reasons why. He's 22 years old, young, fresh, enough to make consecutive starts. He had three seasons of experience playing back-to-back situations at Maine. Uh, he is playing better than Allmark at the moment. 
and the Bruins needed wins to stay afloat in the Eastern Conference. Uh, according to Natural Statric, Olmark's high danger five on five save percentage is 676. That's the lowest mark of any goalie with 100 or more minutes. Swayman has a uh, high danger save percentage of 852, which is an incredible uh, improvement. Uh, it's the biggest reason for the gap between uh, the two at the moment. And. Um, you know, he just decided to go with Swayman, and it was the right call. Swayman uh, got the win in this one. Afterwards, he said it's special uh, of his first taste of the Bruins-Canadians rivalry. You don't really understand it until you're on the ice playing it. Our leadership group made a point of it. It's an original six matchup. They don't come in here and bully us. That was a fun game to be part of. Definitely one. Uh, Swayman said he'll remember for a long time. And obviously happy to get the win. He has now won five of his seven starts this season and improved his career record at TD Garden to 8-0-0. Now it was the two Charlies who really stepped up for the Bruins in this one. Uh, they found themselves down 2-1 heading into the, the third period. And um, it was Charlie Coyle and Charlie McAvoy who stepped up for the Bruins to earn the victory in this one. Uh, like I said, down 2-1. They dominated the second period, out shooting Montreal, I think, 20-10 to 10 in that frame, uh, but came out down thanks to a very uh, fluky goal on the part of Michael Pazetta. I think it went in off Connor Clifton. Uh, but Charlie McAvoy got things going with a power play goal early in the third period. Uh, Charlie Coyle uh, got one few minutes later, uh, thanks to a lucky bounce off of, uh, you know, a Jeff Petrie kind of clearing attempt, went off. He tried to whack it into the corner, went off Coyle and into the back of the net. Coyle then scored a beauty uh, about three minutes later, uh, going top shelf on Montembo uh, from a feed from Jake DeBrusque, Oscar Steen, and then Taylor Hall, the uh, birthday boy celebrating his 30th, got the empty netter to uh, secure the win for the Boston Bruins. I've said on the podcast a few times that the Bruins' underlying numbers have looked pretty good so far. It was just a matter of time before bounces started to go their way. And again, even in this game, it was a bit of a microcosm of that. Uh, they dominated possession. Uh, we're getting the lion's share of shot attempts and chances, and uh, they were rewarded for that. Five on five. Uh, actually, they were... Out attempted five on five, but high danger chances 10 6 at five on five. Expected goals 2.31 to 1.7 for the Canadians. Uh, in all situations, they did indeed have the shot attempt advantage 53.4% uh, in favor of the Bruins. Shots 41 29, so almost 59% in favor of the Bruins. They had 63% of the scoring chances, 70% of the high danger chances. And then they were rewarded with uh, the goals, as was expected based on all of those numbers. So the Bruins pulling out the win there, uh, and it was great to see for sure. We'll get into some more from this game here in a moment. But first, a quick word about Direct TV. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. 
DirectStream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. The best part? There's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirectStream. Learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So please do hit that subscribe button on both your podcast app and on YouTube uh, to get the podcast uh, at your convenience. All right, so let's get into a couple more items from this game. Um, What happened here? Yeah, the whole goal of the game for the Bruins was to keep things simple to just get the puck on net. Again, they have been um, out attempting the opposition. They have expected goals rate, which is very high among NHL teams at five on five specifically. I think uh, after last night's game, they ranked third, 55% of expected goals going their way uh, for the season, but their shooting percentage uh, at five on five, still pretty low. They ranked 28th. Uh, Charlie McAvoy said, one of our mindsets as a group is to shoot more, to get pucks on net. See what happens. Just shoot, shoot everything more so than an individual. Hey, shoot the puck. It's more of the group collectively. Hey, let's get pucks on net in the net. And that was their mindset in this one. And that certainly paid off for McAvoy. Uh, as he uh, scored that power play goal in the third period, uh, just firing a uh, a bit of a wrister, and it, it uh, found its way to the back of the net. It was his first career two-goal game. He had three assists in the uh, game against New Jersey, so he is now uh, yeah averaging a point per game uh, at the very least, I think, now. Let's just check the um, stats. Yeah, he's got 12 points in 13 games. Uh, So he now is one of four Bruins with double-digit point totals. Um, Charlie Coyle, he said, obviously, it was great to be able to contribute in a big way in such an important matchup. Uh, These games aren't too hard to get up for, he said. Just the intensity, the atmosphere, pretty special to be part of. It's much better to come out on the winning side. Uh, the first period for me was not great at all. The Bruins found themselves down one nothing. Um, I know a lot of people didn't want to put the first goal on a Connor Clifton pinch that was a bit ill-advised. Uh, for me, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think Connor Clifton is a, a full-time 82-game guy. Uh, he did play pretty solid the rest of the way. He broke up a, a two-on-one later in the game. Uh, but it was, um, yeah, I just think the Bruins really do need added depth on the right side. It's something they're going to have to address at some point. The next man up, I think, is Brady Lyle, um, unless they decide to put Jacobs Borrell on the right side. He's looked very good over the weekend uh, coming in for Mike Riley. And, um, yeah, he sat for the second straight game. The Bruins thought they had uh, a good two-way defenseman in Riley, but he hasn't been as effective this season. 
especially when paired with Brandon Carlo. Hasn't been as decisive. Hasn't been as quick to get back on pucks. Um, Cassidy said he got the puck up in a hurry and all of a sudden we're going. But this year he has a tendency to drag it back way too often. He has to get back on his fair share of pucks. He's leaving some of the dirty work to his partner too often when it's his turn. Uh, Jacob has worked hard to be ready, said Cassidy before yesterday's game. He was good on Saturday, ready to play, a good sign for him. He's a good pro. In years past, he's not sure he would have done this, but hopefully it translates uh, again on, on Sunday, he said, before the game, and it certainly did. And that's why he went back in. If he can stay ready and sharp and then go, he can take someone's job, and he's doing that uh, to Mike Riley. Personally, I'd prefer to see Riley in and Zborl and maybe give Clifton a night off. Zborl has played the right side in the past. Um, and uh, we'll see what comes of that here uh, when the Bruins do resume play on Saturday against Philadelphia, whether or not Riley's back in or they continue to go with uh, Clifton and Riley. Speaking of uh, the defense, um, Bruce Cassidy decided that it might be good for assistant coach Kevin Dean to spend some time in the press box uh, to get a bird's eye view of the uh, defense. Um, Dean will be back on the bench for Saturday game against Philadelphia. Bruce Cassidy said with Kevin, he thought, okay, go up and watch and they need whatever he saw up there to translate in game. Not only do you have to find your matchups and manage your minutes for the D pairs, but you're going to have to do a little more teaching and blend that in with your matchups. Uh, they might lose the odd matchup here and there because uh, you're doing a little more instruction on the bench, but that's what this decor requires on a nightly basis. So not only did Cassidy mix up the lineup defensively, but he wanted uh, his defensive coach to uh, really get that bird's eye view and evaluate how things are going on the fly and how things could be managed a bit better in game. So interesting tactic employed there. Again, we'll see if that uh, pays off. Uh, Charlie Coyle kind of went back to what McAvoy was saying about playing a simple style. Uh, simple, simple hockey. They play the right way when they do that, and usually it pays off. Uh, just, yeah, north-south game, uh, getting pucks on net, clean zone entries and zone exits. And uh, certainly, again, against the Canadians, it really did uh, pay off for the Boston Bruins. Now, like I said, they do now have a five-day break in between games. We've already gone through this a couple times in October. Uh, there was a three-day stretch between games one and two. Uh, they didn't start until the fifth day of the regular season. And then, uh, yeah, just some really odd scheduling to begin the season. They don't start again until Saturday. They'll play Saturday, Sunday. So another back-to-back -back right out of the gate. And then uh, they'll play Buffalo before the Black Friday game at home against the Rangers. Uh, I went through the schedule a few episodes back, um, and things really do start to get crazy in January, especially, and uh, March, because 
of the fact that the opening of the season has been so sporadic. There's the Olympic break in February, uh, Boston's months of January, March, and April specifically are very, very packed. So as of right now, the Bruins have only played uh, 13 games, which I believe is tied for fewest in the NHL. Uh, the Canadians have played the most at 17. Actually, no, the Islanders have only played 11 games. The Blue Jackets and Avalanche have played 12. So the Bruins, as hard as they might be to believe, they haven't played the fewest games so far. Uh, with the win yesterday, the Bruins still outside of the wild card race when it comes to points. They're one point back of New Jersey and uh, Tampa. They do have a game in hand on the Devils. If you rank the teams in the East uh, by point percentage, the Bruins are in seventh at the moment. 615 point percentage, eight and five record through 13 games uh, behind. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay, Toronto have a bit of an edge on them. Um, and when it comes to goal differential right now, the Bruins rank fourth at plus four, if you can believe it, Carolina, Washington and Florida, the only teams with better goal differentials than the Boston Bruins in the Eastern conference. So they will be off until, Saturday, so we have a week of podcasts after today uh, to discuss the Bruins' performance to date and what they can do to improve. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we will, of course, update the Atlantic Division Power Rankings as we do every Tuesday. Uh, but for me, at the moment, it was very encouraging, obviously, to see the Bruins take four out of a possible four points over the weekend. I said last week that... Uh, this stretch before this break was pivotal that they needed to pick up. Um, you know, there was an opportunity at least to pick up six, possibly seven, eight points out of the four games heading into this five day break. They beat the senators three, two, uh, they lost a winnable game to the Oilers in regulation. Uh, but then they came back and beat the devils and Canadians by a combined score of 10 to four, uh, to get six out of the possible eight points. I would have liked them to, to see them get that a point, at least against the Oilers, but uh, the Oilers are a very good team. And uh, now they'll have this week of practice ahead of them uh, before traveling to Philadelphia for a game against the Flyers on Saturday, which we will, of course, preview later in the week. Uh, but altogether, a very successful weekend for the Bruins, and hopefully they can uh, rest up. Uh, make some adjustments in practice and uh, come back strong here in uh, in five days. And of course, like I said, we will look at the uh, Atlantic Division power rankings tomorrow. Maybe open up the mailbag later in the week if you have any questions. Do send them over to at Locked NHL Bruins on Twitter or Instagram. You can also hit me up at ENC McLaren, and uh, maybe I'll try to reach out to a friend or two to chat about all things Bruins and around the NHL uh, sometime this week as well. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, a quick word about Built Bar. Thanksgiving is next week and uh, you know, it's full of great food and treats. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but you don't want all those calories and all that sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. It's the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious 
and feel good about it. One slice of pie has about 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built bars have about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, plenty of protein. You can replace your coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar or cherry pie with the cherry barcia built bar. Again, they're low calorie, low carbs, low fat, high in protein, and covered in 100% real chocolate. So you can get that uh, treat, but in a healthy way. Uh, you can share some at your family gatherings. And uh, maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet. You can get her on board with a, a great new treat. There's new surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So check the site often. For Black Friday, there's going to be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Uh, so bookmark built.com and use promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. Uh, that's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, what's going on around the NHL? Edmonton Oilers captain Connor McDavid became the sixth fastest player to reach 600 points during a win over the Blues on Sunday. He has a goal. He had a goal and an assist to reach the milestone in 421 games. Uh, so now he has 601 points. He is the um, second highest scorer in the league right now, as Leon Dreisaitl has. 31 points to McDavid's 27. So that duo just basically unstoppable as we saw last week with Leon Dreisaitl specifically uh, stepping up for the, uh, for the Oilers in that one. What else is going on? The uh, Calgary Flames beat the Ottawa Senators for nothing. Dan Vladar recording his first career shutout, former Bruin, obviously Uh, the Bruins, yeah, made the decision to trade him in the offseason, and uh, he's making good with his opportunity in Calgary. Uh, and uh, the Bruins will see the Flames on Sunday. So will Vladar be a net for a revenge game? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Swayman versus Vladar would be, uh, would be pretty interesting for sure. The Senators have 10 players on COVID uh, protocols. The Bruins played them last week. Thankfully, they were able to um, avoid, you know, coming into, well, obviously they came into contact with the Senators, but they were able to avoid um, picking that up. The Bruins have been relatively unscathed. Now with Jack Eichel off the trade market, uh, Matt Larkin of the um, Hockey News broke down some players who are now the key trade targets around the league. He mentioned Phil Kessel uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Craig Smith was scratched over the weekend. Uh, it would be really cool to see uh, uh, Phil Kessel back in black and gold. It would require, well, a trade later on this season as the um, uh, his contract is, is pretty large. Um, but... Perhaps the uh, Coyotes could retain some. Maybe the Bruins could dump uh, John Moore's contract to them. It would be pretty cool to see that. And think about it. The Toronto Maple Leafs are still paying some of Phil Kessel's salary that was retained in the deal to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So how hilarious would it be to have Phil Kessel scoring goals for the Bruins against the Maple Leafs while the Leafs are still paying part of his contract? Uh, they also mentioned, uh, or Matt Larkin mentioned Thomas Hurdle. Uh, 
Uh, he will be a very desirable trade target, uh, depending on what the market looks like in 2022, early on before the trade deadline. Uh, will come at a high cost, but he would be a perfect fit for the Bruins as the second line center, in my opinion. Uh, he also mentions uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I mentioned him last week as a guy that the Edmonton Oilers might look at. Uh, Matt Larkin of the Hockey News also mentions Tukarask as a possibility for the Oilers. It would take a lot to convince him to go there, I think. But if the Bruins seem all set in net and uh, not really willing to commit to Rask for the balance of the season, uh, and if Rask really does want to win a cup, then he might have a better shot in Edmonton, to be honest. So maybe he uh, goes there and uh, chases a cup there, and the Oilers really try to make it worth his while. Worth considering, at the very least. I don't know if Rask would want to do that, uh, but it's certainly uh, certainly possible. Anyways, I think that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Ruins. I hope you all had a great weekend. Um, I am, uh, yeah looking out at some snow right now which we got yesterday not really much looks like it'll melt soon but um fairly relaxing weekend we try to do a photo shoot with the family and uh i also started uh well i watched red notice that movie with the rock and ryan reynolds and gal gadot is pretty entertaining recommended if you're just looking for something fun to watch i also started money heist which i haven't uh seen yet Heard good things and uh, three episodes in, I am very much hooked onto that. Also watched Yellowstone last night, of course, which uh, for me is, yeah, one of the best shows on TV at the moment. If you haven't jumped on that, I highly recommend it. We'll catch some succession tonight and be back tomorrow with a new episode of Walked On Boston Bruins, uh, where we will update the Atlantic Division power rankings and bring you all the latest from the black and gold. Thanks again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. Please do subscribe and never miss an episode of the podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Have a great Monday, friends. Talk to you tomorrow.